0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed.
1: Good morning, this is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Martin Gabor.
0: And I'm Lucy Walken. It's Monday, the 20th of December.
1: In your Sport Today, the Aussies close in on an Ashes win. The AFL rallies around Tasmania. Tiger Woods is back, and the dart star who's happy to hustle. This is Your Sport Today. We have to start with the Ashes because the Aussies are just six wickets away from a 2-0 series lead after another dominant day and night in Adelaide. There was a fair bit happening on and off the field yesterday, and Luce, England skipper Joe Root, he seemed to be involved in just about everything.
0: Yeah, he was Gabs and it all started before play when he was hit in the abdomen in the warm-up and had to be sent for scans. He missed the start of play but did return to pick up two wickets as Australia reached nine for 230 before they declared. That left England needing a record 468 runs for victory, but they were already four wickets down after Root was dismissed by Mitchell Stark on what was the last ball of the fourth day.
1: Yeah, Root was caught behind by Alex Carey for 24, and I probably woke up my neighbours when I was celebrating. (laughs) And it came just moments after he was struck in the box by a 142 kilometer an hour delivery by Stark that left him in a fair bit of pain on the turf. So Luce That's what happened very late on the field, but there was still a lot going on before a ball was even bowled.
0: Yeah, I was asleep and missed that last wicket, but (laughs) I couldn't and didn't miss the COVID news earlier in the day. What happened was a BBC journalist tested positive to the virus, which meant the ABC and BBC radio broadcasts couldn't be done from the ground. The BBC journalist had interviewed England's Dawood Milan after play on day three, but he was deemed a casual contact and was cleared to play. Another member of the media tested positive later in the day, which comes just days after Aussie Captain Pat Cummins was ruled out of the second test for being a close contact at an Adelaide restaurant.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on there, but the main thing is that England still need 386 runs on the final day to win, while the Aussies, they need six more wickets to go 2-0 up in the series. The draw, it's also still an option, but it doesn't look like it's going to rain in Adelaide. In fact, blue skies ahead, I think 24 degrees is the top. Okay, that brings us to today's trivia question brought to you by the Sportsmate app, where you can get all your latest cricket news and scores. Which team holds the record for the highest successful Fourth innings run chase in Test cricket. Luce, have you got a clue for us? This chase happened in the
0: early 2000s and they were a powerhouse of Test cricket in the early 80s and 90s.
1: I think I know who you're talking about, but we'll have the answer at the end of the show. There's a lot happening in Adelaide, but we've still got a bit more cricket news to get through. Luce, I've watched and played cricket for a very long time, but I don't think I've ever seen what happened in the Women's National Cricket League yesterday.
0: Gabs, dare I say I was bowled over by this story when I saw (laughs) it. (laughs) which is how Queensland batter Georgia Vole should have been feeling after she was bowled by Tasmania's Belinda Vakawira. Only problem was no one appealed and the umpire didn't put the finger up even though the ball clipped the bales. Under cricket's rules, an umpire doesn't have to give a batter out if the fielding team doesn't appeal. And in this case, it looked like the Tassie players thought the wind or the wicketkeeper's gloves had dislodged the bales.
1: Well, you were bowled over. Fair to say I was stumped when I saw (laughs) this one. Uh, Luce, this is the complete opposite of what happened to Indian player Ravi Ashwin a bit earlier this year when he was bowled against New Zealand in a test match. He reviewed the decision, but he wasn't so lucky and he was given out. I've put a link to Vol's non-dismissal in the episode notes, so make sure you check that one out. AFL clubs Hawthorne and Richmond are going to play a pre-season game in Tasmania next year, and that's to raise money and show support for the region after six children from a Devonport primary school died in a tragic accident last week.
0: More than a million dollars has already been raised to show support to the people affected and now the AFL is showing its support to a state that loves the sport. The reason the Hawks and Tigers have been chosen is because Hawthorne plays a number of games in Tasmania each season while Richmond has strong ties to the region through club great Matthew Richardson, who is from Devonport. The Kangaroos, who also play games in the state, have said they'll also provide some support.
1: The tribute match will be held at at 10 pm Australian East and Daylight Time on Saturday, March 5th. The AFL, they're also going to hold a fundraising event before the game to raise money. Let's talk some golf because Tiger Woods, he's back. Woods is playing for the first time since his car crash in February and, Luce he's doing it with one of his biggest supporters.
0: Yeah, that's right. Sam and I were just talking about father-son duos on Friday and you can add the Woods family to that list Tiger is playing with his 12-year-old son, Charlie, at the PNC Championship for the second year in a row, and the early signs are that Charlie could be as good as his dad. Charlie drained some long putts and even had his dad's mannerisms as the pair shot a 10 under par first round to be equal fifth. Tiger said it was an awesome feeling, but said it was also frustrating to not be able to hit the ball as far as he used to after he nearly lost his right leg earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, Charlie's 20 years younger than me, and he's already about, oh, I don't know, 100 million times better than I will (laughs) ever be at golf. The second and final round of the father-son event is going on as we record this, and the Woods family have got off to a great start. And, of course, in true Woods fashion, they are both wearing his trademark red. If you live in Sydney like I do, then you'll know there was nothing wintry about the weather this weekend. But up in Europe, the conditions were a bit more favourable and a couple of Aussies enjoyed plenty of success as they prepare for next year's Winter Olympics.
0: It was pretty wild weather in Melbourne yesterday, Gabs, but I can confirm there was no snow. (laughs) Thankfully, there was plenty of that in France where Australia's Jakara Anthony had a huge weekend winning both the singles and the dual moguls at a world cup event anthony was the top qualifier in the dual moguls one all her knockout races, and then beat Russian world champion Anastasia Sminova in the final day by just one point in an event that sees two skiers compete at the same time down a rough and challenging course.
1: Yeah, and that was her fifth consecutive podium finisher World Cup events with Anthony now on top of the singles, dual, and the overall moguls standings. In Italy, fellow Aussie Bell Brockhoff, she won bronze in the World Cup snowboard cross final. If you've ever played pool or darts, then there's a fair chance you might have been hustled by someone who was really good at the pub. Well, it turns out even the pros do this for a bit of a laugh.
0: Darts fans will remember the name Fallon Sherrick. She became the first woman to reach the third round of the World Champs back in 2019. And in a recent interview, she says that she's become so famous that she has to wear hats and masks and all kinds of disguises to stop people from recognising her. But not everyone does. And when they don't, she says she loves to hustle them. She says people at the pub will ask if she wants to play a game. She'll then tell them she's not very good. She'll thrash them and tell them to Google her, which is, I think, the modern mic drop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It absolutely is. Don't worry, though. She's only betting five pounds on these games, so it's not too unfair on her unsuspecting victims. Sherrick, she takes on Steve Beaton today at 8am. And an update on father-son duo Ray and Kai Smith. Ray, he won his first round match, but his son Kai was beaten overnight. Time for Catch This, So we tell you what's caught our eye or what's coming up. And for those of you who listen to us on Spotify, well, you can now rate podcasts on there. So if you're a Spotify user and you like what you're hearing... We'd love for you to give us a rating on there. Luce, that includes you if you want. I mean, you can give us a fair score or just <laughs> tell your friends to do it. But, yeah, anyone who maybe doesn't work for sport today, get on there, listen, rate, subscribe, and tell us what you think. We really appreciate it. All right, Luce, let's go back to our trivia question from a bit earlier where I asked what was the highest successful fourth innings run chasing test cricket. You said this team was a bit of a powerhouse. There were a few. What's the answer?
0: It was the West Indies who scored 418 against Australia in a 2003 twin.
1: Yeah, they lost seven wickets in that run. So that's a pretty fair effort. English fans will be hoping for something even better today. But us Aussies, I don't think we're going to be cheering them on. All right, that's it done for us today. We really do appreciate you for listening. Luce and I will be back tomorrow. Catch you soon.